Bless you. Honestly, right I feel like I need uh -huh. a new background. I don't think Delaware is quite on point for this estimate, uh, this episode, but the, the IT crowd and office space, that pretty much sums up all of the IT movies. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I like how it looks like Peter's about to hit my head. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of one single other funny IT movie now that I'm... Well, the, the, the greatest one is uh, Nick Burns, your company's computer guy. Yeah. From SNL? Yeah. Duh. Duh. Oh, that's a good one. That is. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> like, Should I do this one just because this has been my day? Give him a shout. But right. Oh, yeah, it's seven minutes, too. Let's give him a shout. Beaker. I think I have his number. Dude, I love Beaker. Uh, <laughs> I love Beaker. That's class. Have you seen the the videos of him singing uh, Bohemian Rhapsody or whatever it is? Like, no, but I need to go see that. I oh need, my god! I need a little beaker in my oh, life right now, man. I'm god. telling you. Through the you know, because I started programming in the mid '90s, and kind of watching the progression. I mean, Visual Basic or whatever, or Q Basic back in the day is pretty because it's like ten run. I mean, it's pretty straightforward what it does. But, yeah. You know, I, I was doing ABAP programming, which was a lot of four character german abbreviations for table names and all this other and that so it required a lot of documentation but as things got more and more robust and you have to worry about disk space with your code and everything like that the the way people um, spell their object names and function names and stuff was like it's actually almost almost normal human readable like i can look at this thing and kind of like i know what this does I have in a glass case at my my parents' house my dad's thesis, um, which is on punch cards, um, and and I'm not even exaggerating. He did his thesis on punch cards. He went into like social work for a long time, but like his original thesis was programming with punch cards. And I was like, that is it's it's nuts. It is nuts. You know, my my brother just grabbed like they they had this early computer um, called the Senior Partner. IBM put it out. It was a uh-oh. Uh-oh. John? Is this where we make a joke about oh. turning it off and back on again? Yeah, hey, reboot, dude. <laughs> Unplug it. Plug it back in. Wiggle it. Welcome back to the Construction Dorkcast. In episode 13, we bring in our friend Darren Young from Hermanson and turn the tables on Jeff to talk about the soft skills needed in IT and tech adoption. As usual, we have some laughs along the way while also drawing out the real-world experience and knowledge from these two thought leaders on what it takes to build a sound tech strategy, as well as how to connect with those field workers who make our companies realize the revenue so we can all get paid. As always, we ask you to join us live in two weeks for our next episode, and thank you for listening. And we're live for episode 13 of the Construction Dorks. Oh, the humanity. Oh, it's going to be a fun episode. Our guest today is Darren Young. And actually, after this intro, yours truly is going to turn himself over to being a guest. Because, well, as we all know, this is my area of expertise and one I've been looking forward to. So without further ado... Uh, Travis, why don't you kick us off with, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe a thought of the day along with a cocktail. 
Oh, the thought of the day. Well, it seems like there's a lot of thoughts that could be thrown around today, but um, um, my day, my drink of the day is I'm bringing back a, another old favorite of mine, Jay Henry, um, distilled. Oh, well, this is bad. Distilled up in Dane County, Wisconsin, not too far from here. Um, I'm really looking, looking for this episode too. You know, I was more, if you try to think about the IT world, I think a lot of times we divide IT and IS. I was a little bit more on the IS side um, in my previous role doing the um, systems and programming and stuff. So it is still near and dear to my heart. Um, but, you know, got two of my favorite guests on now, now that, that Jeff's uh, on, the, on the guest side. So I'm really looking forward to this discussion. Well, thank you, Travis. And for those of you playing the home game, IT is information technology, IS is information systems, which is how we used to break this thing up. Although that's showing your age, because I don't know when the last time I heard those two broken up that right. way at no, all. Good point. <laughs> right? Trent, you take it away, because damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Ah, uh, doesn't it, though? You know, uh, thought of the day first, right? So it's like when life gives you lemons, complain they weren't limes. Is that, is that, a, good, is that a good thought of the day? <laughs> just, just mic drop, be done. <laughs> um, all right, well, uh, I got the, the Flaviar shipment that came in. I've got Purveyor Series Double Wood Rye. Nice, nice. The, uh, nice. Whoop, 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 whoop. There it is. I expect a review on that one because I'm looking to order a bottle and, and that looks good. It's pretty good. It's pretty light. It's not a, it's not a heavy hitting bourbon, but. Um, does it have the normal spiciness that you came to get? Out it of does. Yeah. Really and it, it's finished the wood chips. They finish it with are pecan. So. Interesting. Yeah. Well, all right. That, that follow that one, Jonathan Marsh. <laughs> I, I will, but I'm, I'm going local and I'm going to altered states again. Okay. So this is like an eerie brewery and uh, this is their stout barrel bourbon. And I think this is the fastest I've ever polished off a bottle. And it's not because there was an election yesterday. I mean, like I I've enjoyed having, having drinks of this. It's really good. It's like, um, it's got a little bit of a rye. It's got their bourbon in it. It's been double casks. It's really dark. And for like one of those local distilleries, that's, you know, sometimes local means not that <laughs> awesome, uh, altered States, almost everything they do is awesome. And their gin is so weird that, that like, I, I literally went and bought three more bottles in case they changed the flavor of it. Cause it's just <laughs> like, I'm not going to get that back. You know, so really love them. I, I tell you what, man, I, uh, when I, when I started out uh, as an engineer, I started out in a branch office that had no IT. And I, I think everybody knows that if you're good at computers and there's no IT person, it's you. That's like the hint is if, if there's nobody in IT that's in, in your, you're the good computer person, you are now officially IT and it helped, man. I like it at, at Spader. I was there IT and then their CTO, but I don't think that I ever dived as deep in talking to Jeff, in talking to you, Jeff, I, you, you constantly will like talk over my head and I'll feel bad. And then I'll jump on the internet and be like, okay, what the hell was he talking about? I'm going to look that up real quick. So the next time we have this discussion, I don't have to feel like a noob. Um, but, but I, I think this is a great subject. Um, I know I was talking to Josh Bowen about six months ago. And the biggest thing he said is he said, these soft skills, in understanding them is super important to, to doing both construction tech and IT and even just working like in some of these sort of crossover between technology and like older traditional trades. So I, I'm really interested to see what you guys think. 
I'm with you. Uh, Darren, I, we, I, I failed to maybe provide, I don't know what you're drinking today, where you're coming to us from. Give us a little bit of background, what you're drinking, and your thought of the day before we get this thing started. All right. Uh, well, I, I, I told my family that you guys all like to, you know, we're trying to recreate the, the bar atmosphere. And, you know, and then she saw one of your prior podcasts. Oh, those are all manly men. You, you need to have an alcoholic beverage. And then y'all brought out the whiskey bottles like, whoa, they drink a lot. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I don't do. Do you do that when you're out? No, I don't. Um, anyway, I'm still at the office, so I'm going to I'm going to go with a non-alcoholic beverage. But this uh, is Verner's. Verner's is one of the oldest uh, ginger sodas. Uh, it's about it was developed in 1866. It's 20 years older than Coca-Cola. Wow. Uh, but it was developed by a pharmacist out of Detroit, James Verner. Uh, so you can kind of tell where I'm originally from, uh, the, the Midwest. Uh, I'm a youper in the Upper Peninsula, not to be confused with the Mitten. Those guys are trolls because they live below the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I'm drinking my uh, my Verners today. Uh, I have to say I was that not probably, at the office. That probably pairs really well with a good whiskey. Uh, you know, a Jack and ginger or something like that, or, or, you know, some, a bourbon and ginger, a nice, uh, Kentucky mule. Yeah. It's, uh, you can find it at like target or, uh, Albertsons Vons, you know, Safeway stores. Typically it's, it's real pretty cheap in the Midwest, Michigan. Uh, you go outside of there and it's priced, uh, like it's a, a delicacy. Um, you know, I feel like it's, it's like the yingling of ginger ale, man. You get, yeah, you get that, was, that was my goal. I was hoping to say it was older than yingling, but I looked at yingling and it's like, okay, I can't do that. So at least I can beat Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Yes. <laughs> but no, uh, you know, just you know, a little bit about me. I, you know, I'm, my background is actually more manufacturing. I'm not an IT guy, although everyone thinks I am. Um, and I uh, just ended up in construction you know, about a dozen years ago. Um, I said the uh, I like this topic because uh, a lot of the roadblocks that we encounter aren't technical. I can fix technical. I'm not a psychologist. Sometimes it's harder to fix the people <laughs> part of uh, the problem. But a lot of it's just uh, being a good observ- observer of the human condition and how different people operate and function. Uh, I think what sets me apart is I actually used to work in a manufacturing environment. I used to do production. Uh, and I'm, I've been that guy who broke the computer at three o'clock in the morning in the graveyard shift and there's nobody to help. And I think I'm going to get fired if I don't figure it out the next day before the day shift comes in. And so I've got a, I think I've got a particular empathy to uh, a lot of the users who, you know, are subject to the technology we try to push on them. Uh, just got a little different perspective from, from that aspect, but you know, that's kind of my, my thought overall, I can, you know, I share several examples, uh, We'll hit about this we'll, conversation. Yeah, we'll hit those for sure because it, that's what I like about you, Darren. Is when you first thing you said is you don't identify as an IT guy, and you identify as you know somebody who gets production work done or manufacturing work done or has that different uh, experience. So we're gonna dive into that because that was the whole uh, idea behind this episode, and and I'm extremely excited today. I'm sticking on the Flavier trip too. I'm drinking an Alamo Black Label bourbon. Now you might notice I'm using this little card. Flavier, I'm using this little card. Did you catch that? Um, You gotta say it a few more times. Yeah, I gotta say it a few more times. And if you haven't noticed, what's really cool is it tells you the notes. So it's got a smoky note, a sweet note, a little caramel. And for me, like, 
I don't pick all of those up, but it's teaching me which ones I really, really like. So mm -hmm. I, I like this Alamo bourbon, but I will be moving on today because I don't have a ton. So we're going to try a Texas single malt edition today as well. So uh, only two small tasting because I have to go get pizza later. So <laughs> we're going to be a little careful. And for those of you, you know, who know a little bit about my background is, is I'm, I'm actually an accidental IT person as well. I was a lift mechanic or in the lift mechanic apprenticeship program here for a summer in Vail Resorts uh, in Vail, Colorado. And I was changing tires on a, uh, on the top of a ski, ski lift with a guy named Bemis and Bemis made me get down from changing the tires and go and sit in front of a computer and wait. And he's sitting there, he's just waiting and waiting and waiting. And I go, Bemis, what are you doing? And he goes, well, we got to see if the lightning strikes are coming. And I go, what? He goes, yeah, watch, there it is, there it is. I don't, I, I couldn't tell. We got to wait. And I'm like, okay, hang on a second. And I picked up the mouse and I'm like, is it this one you want? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's on a rotation of things. Okay, we'll put this one here and this one here. And then this one here. And I'm like, those are three you need? He goes, yeah, that's three I need. And it rotated through continually. And he said, you're a genius. And literally that was the beginning of my IT career. And, and I went from $9 to $13 to become an IT person for six months driving trucks because of, uh, you know, a whole nother other story. But actually Darren, what I think is, is interesting for the conversation is I do have a minor in psychology and spend a lot of time and love psychology, organizational psychology, and how that plays into how we interact. So with that being said, I'm going to step away and let Travis take it over well, and pose some of those questions for a great conversation. Well, I think that what, what kind of was was turning in the back of my mind for the audience members out there, when we kind of talk about um, the next episode, right? We found that the two guests um, seems to work pretty well. We've got four of us, two more guests, and it gets a, a nice round the table type conversation feel. Um, but one of the reasons that I, I thought that that it would be good to play um, Jeff as the guest is we did a Dorkathon back in December, um, uh, way back in December of last year, and and Darren took uh, was it about a two two and a half hour block of time in the afternoon, and and he and Jeff oh God, had a really I, good. I time. talked that much. Well, <laughs> other people you you let other people talk during it as well, but. Um, it did revolve around this conversation. So I, you know, I know it's a long time ago and a lot has definitely happened since then, but um, I think that if I remember right, the, the, the crux of that conversation was, was centered around tech adoption. And that's kind of what we're trying to get here is um, again, those softer skills and, and how to drive tech, tech adoption. I think that was a really good conversation there. And I, I, all of us were there and, and hopefully um, maybe each of them, each of you can kind of relate what you kind of remember about that piece of that afternoon. Um, you know, Darren, I'll, we'll probably let you go first since you are the actual guest. Oh, oh gosh, how much do I remember? I actually just have recycled that list of bullet points uh, that I just used kind of for my own notes. But uh, I guess one of the things I, I keep hearing in the construction space is, you know, where's this technology going? Where are the things going? And well, I kind of have a pretty good idea because I've been in manufacturing and they've led in just about everything, parametric modeling, lean, you know, product lifecycle management, that's the BIM of the manufacturing world. Um, you know, supply chain, you know, integrated supply chains. So a lot of this stuff seems kind of like it's obvious to me, but you, know, you run into a lot of people, they're just not tech savvy. They don't know what, what to do. Where's this going? You know, every vendor on the face of the earth will tell you, just wait a couple of months. Our next release is coming out and then you'll want to compare us to our competitor. Well, the competitor's got another release and you would literally wait forever. So 
what do you do? You know, maybe a lot of it might depend on the culture too, is, you know, you might not have one of these companies where, you know, we can put this big ERP system in place and build upon it. And, you know, this big dedicated effort, but yet I want to move forward. How do I move forward? Not knowing where things are going or what's going to happen. And so that's where I kind of started developing that list. There's just some core simple things to look at that kind of tell you if something's a good solution or not. Does it integrate with something? You know, does it have an API to, you know, that I can integrate with something? Now, maybe I don't have programmers. Maybe I have nothing to integrate it with. But if I implement that 10 years from now, maybe I will. It's a better solution than one that doesn't integrate. You know, does it eliminate paper? You know, that's probably a better solution than the one that generates paper. Um, you know, instead of papers at PDFs, well, that's electronic paper. And it's better than paper in some cases, but it's still not really where we've got to go. So is it database oriented? You know, like I said, there's just some kind of key things. Uh, probably my next article I'm going to post on my site, they'll be covering a lot of those. What are the different aspects I look at technology? There's no right or wrong answer. Sometimes I'm the first guy that uh, here, I'm going to pick this and it goes against a lot of things I believe, but you can't hit everything, but there's, there's some key things that just make sense to look at it. I, I don't know what the future holds for technology, but you know, if I can eliminate paper and reference the data without generating copies or exports, those tend to be better solutions than those that don't follow those guide, guiding principles. Yeah. Before we, before Jeffrey, you take over, there's always a, an axiom I hear over and over again that, that I want to kind of piggyback off of Darren, but you, you, t you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? You, you have to take a shot. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at with some of that stuff. Hockey reference, isn't that? Um, it's either hockey or basketball. Sports Let's go with ball, hockey. Brett, Brett Young would call it sports ball. Um, but, but whatever. <laughs> the football bat. <laughs> that's right. The football bat. I had something to piggyback off the back of that too, in that, you know, Darren, what, what you're doing with that, with that gaming out of software, I think is something people don't do as, um, as uh, they don't do that on purpose. They don't sit down all the time and say, okay, what are the things, what are the points that I want to get out of this software? Um, but on the other side of that, given, given what we're talking about, I've noticed just since I started being a consultant, talking to a lot of different companies, it doesn't necessarily matter if the solution is the highest ranking solution. If the people aren't at the threshold where they're ready to get that solution, mm -hmm. right? Like, unfortunately I I've, I've met a lot of um, companies and it's not really unfortunate where, where you go through the company, you look at their general level of knowledge of technology and you say, okay, you guys probably are going to be unsuccessful with data but be really successful with PDFs. So do I, do I encourage you to take that jump to do the best software based on gaming out what is the best software? Or do I, do I look at who you are and say, I don't think you're going to be able to handle that. Pull back down. Jeff, I, I know that you deal with a lot of companies too. Do you ever look at the people and go, listen, there's better software out there, but you, as, a, as a group, as a, as a culture, you're really not ready for that? It, it, it actually comes into play all the time. I was going to piggyback on Darren because, you know, what Darren's talking about there is is finding a solution, but but ultimately it's understanding the problem and the goal, right? And, and when you're looking at a software and you're going, okay, it needs to have an API, right? But I don't know that I'm going to ever do anything with that. That's a decision that doesn't preclude you from making another decision down the road. Like I had this uh, awesome experience of understanding how to layer things together and and as a, especially as a consultant, like 
you can't do everything as a consultant. Like I, I can't, and, and I'll, these are the terms that <laughs> Jonathan looks up, but I can't like really over architect your active directory and get your organizational units and start putting automation inside of things in a company that's going to, that's going to end up making them pay me more money. That's, I can, but I never felt that was a good thing to do. But what I would do is orchestrate the way I set them up so that if they ever got an IT person internally and they grew, I didn't preclude them from doing that down the road, that a decision that I made on a tool wouldn't down the road stop their business and make them restart over. And so, but but for me, you, you the stacking goes back to like when I was really first at being a consultant. So I came out of a really large corporation at Vail Resorts who taught you everything you wanted to know, but it wasn't their job to like give you their strategy and let you understand how the parts and pieces went together. Like they gave you a puzzle piece and said, just use your, do your puzzle piece, like do what you're supposed to do. And that gave me a lot of that technical knowledge that I needed. But the first time I went out in consulting and I had my own company, um, like my own client it wasn't the the consulting company wasn't mine I, and i walked in and i was like oh my god i'm in over my head and all i could think to do was what do you want to do like what's your goal as a business like let's sit down and talk about that for a second so i like took all these notes on their goals as a business et cetera, et cetera, and wrote it all down and 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 at the end he's like well what's your solution and i go well, you gave me a complicated set of problems and I don't want to preclude you from anything from the future. I will be honest with all of you. I was bullshitting. I had no idea what I was going to do. I, I turned around and went running back to my buddy, Eric. And I said, Eric, all right, here's all the things they want to do. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. You know, what do they have? And we had a current inventory of what they had. And now we knew their goals. And so now we could go select a few things to say, okay, here's what we're going to look at. And this is when I learned how to select, you know, firewalls and how to select these other things that didn't hurt them for later on. Like, oh, they might want to grow. So let's get this for them. You know, this is back before the, the, you know, the world of Azure and cloud, you know, so we were building on-prem solutions. And so we discussed it and we came back with a couple of solutions. He's like, well, well, you know, the other guy that was in here, you know, that we were thinking about hiring was like, we need all of these things. And he's like, you don't think we can get that big? And I said, oh no, I think you can get that big, but all the things I just, just gave you, We'll let you grow into that and we can, you know, upgrade this, add this with little to no problem because we're putting, you know, this virtualization on it, et cetera. And he was like, I like you, man. That's it. And for me, that was it. That was the start of start with the person, you know, start with the problem. Understand, Jonathan, to your point, some companies just aren't there and all you're going to do is over engineer them and they've got a Ferrari and they just need to go to the grocery store and get a few groceries and drive home. Yeah, they look badass doing it, but it's not efficient. It doesn't sure. work. I mean, Darren, how many of those solutions have you come across where you're like, what are you guys trying to build a rocket? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've over my career, I've, I can think back of a number of cases, even in manufacturing where great idea, let's not do that. It just it's the wrong approach, uh, the wrong way that it just there was something. Yeah, this is a good idea, but we shouldn't do it. And here's why. You know, oh, there's no standards in software. OK, maybe in your world, but there is in mine. You know, um, it just, you know, like I said, you know, personally, I, I don't like PDFs. Uh, you know, my coworker uh, has a very strong opinion like that as well. They're electronic paper, but. I'm okay with people using PDFs if it gets them off of paper. They start getting comfortable with 
the technology and working in a digital environment. The PDFs create some other headaches too, but you know what? I'm, I can manage those a little bit better with clever use of technology and solutions. Uh, the paper, I, you know, I can't go in and implement file cabinets at everyone's desk and make that work nearly as easily as I can roll out technology. So, you know, again, it's, it's, it's one of those things you got to understand where people are at and, you know, find things that, okay, this will work. I mean, I, I've had people that, you know, hey, bad idea, don't do this, don't involve me. And literally a year later, hey, we need to do this now. And they want it all at once. And nothing changed other than a year's worth of conversations and where they got comfortable with an idea or a concept and, and, and slowly started seeing, you know, kind of what I saw earlier on. So sometimes it's just a matter of you, you kind of got to prime that pump. I guess start having that conversation now for something I might want to do two years from now, because not everyone's a thoroughbred or, a, you know, you know, can, can run around that racetrack in the same speed. They can get around the track, but they come at different speeds. And mm -hmm. so some of it's just recognizing that, Hey, you know what? It doesn't matter if I'm the first one across the finish line every single time. And I'm waiting for everybody else where I really help them is if I'm back in that pack, helping them where they're at. Um, you know, cause I can wish all they want for them to be somewhere else and it just won't happen until they get there. So you've got to go the pace of the group. Yeah. I, I was, uh, you know, I think Trent, you probably want to jump in here quick, but I, yeah, I, I had sure. a thought is, um, it's always something that I, I, I even struggle with on my own, in my own job. And it's probably something good for new construction technologists to learn. It's like, sometimes the best solution is the one that you can get implemented. Right. Um, like Darren was saying, you kind of get whatever you can get implemented starts to, to build that hunger, that thirst for something more, um, even if you don't think it's the best thing. And, and like I said, I, I will struggle with that sometimes in my own. Like I, there's a better there's a better option out there, but I can get this sure. implemented. Yeah, I mean, I, I think my point to that was, um, you know, we, we've got like Jeff and Jonathan here who are consultants, but like Travis, myself, Darren, we we fill a similar role with our company, right? I mean, we're, we're tasked with trying to implement software that makes us better uh, as a builder, as a manufacturer. And sometimes you have to, you have to figure out what that means. And it, it's not always, it's, it's not about what makes my job easier. It's not like, hey, you know, the, this software is really easy for my detailers. It's really easy or for me, um, but what we've done at North Mechanical is we, we bring the field in, we bring the project management team in and we try to figure out what the pitfalls are, right? And, and I wanna hear from those guys, like, what do you need? Like, you know, cause, cause we're pushing fabrication. I mean, you know, that, that's not going anywhere. So, so what do you have to have? And they'll, they'll lay it out. And then it's our job to, to bring a solution to the table um, that meets that needs and, and that'll accomplish it. So we talk about the human side of it, but what do you think? Like the, um, the human side of like the pre it, because a lot of times we do a really good job of digging our own graves. Like, like we'll sit here and look at this Cadillac of the bunch. And we're like, I'm going to implement this. And my guys are going to use this. And this is where we're going. And then at the end of the day, all you get are phone calls. Hey, how do I work this piece of crap or how do I do that? This is way too complicated. What do you, so I, I like to think of that like pre it, like, you know, I mean, that's where, in my opinion, the human side of it is like, let me hear what you need in advance 
And then I'm going to use, you know, that predetermined uh, goal as a way for me, because they're going to, they're going to trust my decision. I mean, you know, whatever I go with is, is what we're going to try, whether it wins or loses. So I would be really dumb not to listen to the people who are going to be using it because all it's going to do to me is let my phone blow up. Right. I mean, so um, I'm hoping maybe Darren, Jeff, you guys could elaborate a little. I just kind of want to set that, uh, that lane. I'm going to jump on you there, Darren, and jump ahead because there's something I've always wanted to teach people. And, and I try to teach every IT person that's worked for me or with me over time is that there, there's this, and it's a unique position that we're all in, right? Darren's looked at this way, Jonathan, we're all looked at this way at our companies, even in the industry is this thought leadership, these super smart people, right? Now, I, I think we all have a, very, a pretty good level of intelligence, et cetera, but I'm no smarter than a detailer, than an installer, than, than a foreman. I just have an ex, a level of expertise in what I do. They have a level of expertise in what they do. I've always made a joke out of it. Like, if you see me with a hard hat and a tool, run. And, <laughs> and if you've seen something I've built, condemn it. Um, and that's because I'm not, I'm not smart enough in, to do that. And people go, well, wait a minute. No, you're super smart. He goes, no. See, that's the thing is, is I just have an area of expertise and so do they. And so it's about sitting across and being like, hey, listen, you have a problem. I have a, a help to solve that from my level of expertise, but I need to learn about you. I need to learn about your problem. I need to learn about what you need to do in order so that I can connect you with something because I don't have the level of expertise in whatever it is that you do. And it was funny. I had this moment with a person in accounting at, at Gallegos where I said that she's like, Oh, you're, and I said, no, 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 no. I can't even add those. I can't make that Excel sheet do that. I said, but is Excel really where you should be doing this? You know, how, how should we be doing this? Like, what's the goal and where are we going to get this thing to? And, and that changed the conversation because all of it, all of a sudden too, you gave them confidence. Like technology is, is scary, but I equate it to, and again, I'm probably going to get myself in trouble in construction is like, you put a heavy power tool in my hands. It scares the shit out of me. It really does. I mean, I was at um, world of concrete and I was at, there was a rebar tying uh, gun. And the guy was like, come on, man, do it. And I was like, okay, here we go. And, and I was just, you know, I just had that moment where the empathy inside of me was like, this is what it's like when I hand the iPad to someone who usually uses one of these tools. And I say, well, instead of writing it on paper, just do this. And it, it's that empathy that you've got to understand because then all of a sudden all the barriers are gone. Like everybody feels cool at the table. Everybody understands that they're respected, understood for their own intelligence. And then, and then solutions seem to come out of that um, for me. So Darren, that was, I mean, I, that was kind of long winded, but that's my take on it. And something I've tried to instill in, in everybody, You're, we're no smarter than anybody else. We're just really good at what necessarily we're, we've decided is our area. Darren, Darren, you're muted. You got a little muted there. We should play Zoom Bingo with this. There you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I don't know about you, but like, there my we go. Video keeps, my audio keeps cutting out a little bit, so I might have to stop my video if I, I keep I, dropping I, off. I have to, when I edit this together, I have to find that um, those screens they used to put up in the old days of the technical difficulties. And yeah, stuff. yeah, no doubt. Like the, the rainbow screen. <laughs> yeah. 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 
that, that happened in a show recently i was watching go for it darren though you're you're back with us you can go voice if you need well, to. well the subject on it needs to have it issues. that's right that's right yeah, yeah. I, I i used to talk about when i would do do presentations and stuff i was the it guy that had 14 connectors and a projector bulb in my bag because i knew everything that could possibly go wrong right i will let you know that's when i knew you and i were going to be friends <laughs> you made that statement and i was like i'm gonna dig that dude he because because you know what travis i had that with bubble wrap around it <laughs> in the same case did, did, yeah. did any of you guys have the um have the jump drive of fortune like the jump drive that had everything you needed to recover when they deleted stuff, when they screwed stuff up, it had like a quick malware check. You know, they had, I think they had the portable PC and I was using the portable PC to check everybody's computers. I feel, because... I feel bad for, for poor Darren, but I want to get this in before he gets his thoughts. But, Go for it. <laughs> um, when I was working for a startup company a long time ago, um, not long, well, before my, my present job, I carried a jump drive that had our entire system on it just in case something happened yep i had that on tape <laughs> go ahead darren oh we darren, lost your mic again lost your mic again oh, it is perfect that we have audio problems darren's just muted now there we go <laughs> all right now can you hear me now yes yes all right i'll keep my video off see if that helps maybe um you know, I, I think I've got you one beat because when I first got on the internet and I found out you could download programs and files, uh, this is in the old dial-up BBS modem days. Uh, I printed off a list of every file I could download so I, I'd know I could find it again if I needed it. It was just like a, a couple reams of paper. It's like, no, it'll, it'll be there forever. <laughs> I didn't realize that concept. Um, no, in, in terms of just you know, I think some of it's like, like Jeff, you're talking about humility. It just, you know, I, I run into people quite a bit that, oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, especially if you're, you're dealing with a guy who's working at night, doesn't have any support or he's on the weekend and thank you so much. You know, you're the only one that helps me out. And it's like, dude, from, from a lean perspective, I don't change a product. I don't build a product. I don't hang a product. I am completely overhead. My only value is to make sure you're efficient. And you know what? The work you guys do the guys in the field, the guys in the shop, you know, the tradesmen and women, they're the ones who give my wife and kids and I a good quality of life. And it's the thanks needs to go the other way. And so a lot of it's just understanding, you know, no, hey, they're, they're the ones that are making the money. And if I don't do my job right, they're going to be the ones losing the money. And so I just always try to look at it from that perspective. But, you know, and just even understanding, you know, I've over the years, I've had some very people who are classified as tough users um you know oh this guy he's just always a complainer i, I found it's he's they're usually not a complainer they're passionate about something they care about something they feel like they're not being heard so i had one guy it was an ipd job in san francisco and just uh you know everybody you know the specialty metals guy to the mep contractor to the architect everyone was on a they were they spanned like 10 different versions of autocad so the GC was going to try to get everyone upgraded and, and he was just against it. No, bad idea. That's their problem to deal with that. And I just camped out at the project site for a week. Let me know what your problem is, Bill. I'll get you an answer. I'll let you know the status. I'll get you a workaround. And by the end of the week, he's like, you know, this is the easiest upgrade I've ever had. And, you know, it, it, it dawned on me that, you know what, his view of an upgrade is somebody shows up, gives him a new computer, new software, you know, and then they leave and I spend a couple of days trying to figure out how to do my job again. 
And he just never had anyone there to help him through that thing. You know, things don't work the same, mm -hmm. you know, because we, we all know we don't train like we should in this industry. And so just being there for them. Doesn't um, pay to train, right? You know, I, you can't I bill it. <laughs> yeah, I had a, I had a shop manager once. He's, he, he called me and it's like, so this, this is IT on top of this. Do I need to do anything? Should I? Do I need to get a hold of this vendor? Because, you know, when you start talking a plasma table, well, that thing cuts with lightning bolts. You know, it's not a USB port. So, you know, IT gets kind of freaked out on that. And I said, you know, the fact that you have to ask me that question tells me there's a problem. You shouldn't have to wonder what the status is. You know, and again, problem user from the perspective of the traditional IT folks, but music. Lost you again, Darren. Lost you. Drop your virtual background, Darren. I don't know if he can hear. He can't even hear you. Yep, there he goes. Very fitting for an IT episode. <laughs> it's right? super fitting. Couldn't plan this better. So. We, I mean, we plan this. We plan this stuff all the time. There we go. That better? Much. That is. All right. Tell me you didn't lose the last ten minutes. No, 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 just, just, the, just last the last minute. sentences. Yeah, so start with, hey, Darren, what are your thoughts? No, <laughs> <laughs> no it's, uh, you know, it's just just be there. Lost you again. Oh. Uh, it might be the headset, my friend. It might be the headset. I don't know. The darn wireless. He, he Well, he's out. Can I tell you a Darren story? Because I actually yeah. have a Darren story. Go you ahead. have a Darren uh, story? I have like many Darren stories. You'd be surprised. So like I would say of the people that I've gone to their class, Darren has saved me probably the most money. Okay. So like Darren did for AU, Darren, I'm just talking about you for a second. Darren did for AU uh, 60 hints in 60 sec or 60 minutes or something. Okay. And there was standing room only to get in there, by the way. And he goes in and he's like, hey, this is what AutoCAD doesn't want to tell you about how to make their software work really easily for all your people. And he did all the reg edits. He did all the, the, the file edits that make it so that all this crap that your people have to go through to use, you can do that for them and kind of hand it to them on a platter. And I remember the first time I went into his class, I was like, Oh, that's awesome. And I took home his flyer and I, I got that all worked out in the company. The second time, like I saw his name and I'm like, I'm hitting all of his classes because he makes my life easier and makes me money. And then, you know, so like, I, I got to say, one of the things I took away from that, and one of the reasons I thought he'd be awesome as the human inside of IT is when I got done with his class, I was better at presenting technology to my company. He, he gave me some secrets and some hints. What not to do? Not just what not to do, dude, but like how to get, how to get beyond what the software is asking you to do. Sometimes that's more valuable. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Reg Talk about that. Now that you got awesome. your... Now that you got your voice back, talk to us about that one, Darren. Like, get, that is the human side. How do you get past the the tool and the technology and get to moving your oh, business forward? I uh, well, this started when I relocated to Southern California for a job, and I was there I think two weeks, and I realized I couldn't do what they hired me to do. That, that's kind of a scary thought. Um, you know, so I, I just found up looked for opportunities and, you know, how many of your users focus on technology, you know, on the trade side, it's our detailers, you know, whether it's a plumber, pipe fitter, sheet metal worker, I don't want them thinking about software. I want them to think about how, to, how am I going to get this duct from here to there? And if they have to think about technology, I've failed. 
I can't completely eliminate it, but I can, I minimize it. You know, and the other thing is just, you know, construction workers, they're, they're like the Native Americans chasing the buffalo on the Great Plains. You know, the buffalo herd comes through, teepees are packed up, and we're on the move going to hunt buffalo. That's, that's the construction life. So submit a help desk ticket and wait. And then you get a te- you know, email, you know, let me, you know, when can I you know, hop on your system? Well, right now, but then you get to respond to that. So I, as much as I can, I try to make things, you know, self-help. Go here, click this. You could do this yourself or I'll gladly do it for you, let me know. And by more times than not, you know, they're, ha- they're happy to do it themselves if I provide the, you know, the, the guide rails and the, you know, for that. Put the bumpers up on the side, you know, let them do that and just, you know, click here, it'll do everything you need. Um, I'm gonna jump in too, if we're, we're, we're kind of doing Darren stories and, and whatnot. Oh to, boy. To keep this going. Keep <laughs> in mind, my, my family may listen to this at some point, so. <laughs> well, so, That's so the this intent. next part's gonna be explicit, Darren, so fair warning, but uh, it's definitely something I would like you and <laughs> you and Jeff to, to expound upon is, is Darren and I had an opportunity, um, well, sh- shoot, it's end of last year again, I think, um, to, to head out to California to, to, to go in and, uh, you know, a startup uh, incubator type discussion. And, and one of the things I said early on is I want Darren there because he's going to shit on anything that's bad. Um, and, and I say that, I don't, th- I don't know that you put the bad part in there. I, he, <laughs> well, I, he shits I on everything. <laughs> he shits on everything. That's what I said. But I say that with a, a great deal of, of respect in, in, you know, if we can say this on, on a, a podcast these, these days, you know, respect and love, because what I love about you is you go to bat for your people, right? Um, that's what I mean by that. And, and I think that Jeff, I've probably, I've seen that as well for you is, is it kind of gets back to the, the best solution is the one that you can implement it. So, so can you expand upon that about where it's not just the human side to make sure that your people get adopted, but on pushing back, pushing back on the industry, pushing back on, on management, um, shitting on those things that don't make sense. Well, you're, you you've got the history there, Darren, you got to take that one. I, I, I know. Yeah. You know, I, I think because I, I've been that guy, you know, Oh, this is going to work great. I can't figure out how to do my job. I just, you know, and I've been on the software side. I worked for a reseller. I actually went through some reseller training once when I had my own business years ago. And just to listen to them talk about how you can manipulate people. And do you have documentation, Jeff, for your software product? Yes or no? Yeah. You know, yes, you do. Well, it must be pretty damn complicated that you have to document it. Oh, yeah. No, you don't. Well, that's bad. Well, maybe you don't because it's simple. I mean, you could spin anything, you know, so it just, you know, let's call a spade a spade. Let's get it all out in the open and, and just be honest with everything. Um, you know, I guess I, you know, like I said, you, you do have to, I've learned over the years to, to, to meter that a little bit and put a little softer edge on it. But, um, you know, don't come up and lick my ice cream cone and then tell me how much I should enjoy it. Um, <laughs> That's, you know, thought of the day. <laughs> that is the thought of the day, man. Don't, don't lick my ice cream cone. I like it. Uh, no, I, I have to agree with you. Um, and, and I know you guys have heard me talk a lot about this lately is cognitive dissonance. And, you know, I'm not going to espouse on what's going on right now in our world. However, I think a healthy dose of cognitive dissonance where we can agree to disagree and discuss is key because, you know, uh, 
if we all think the same, if all five of us on this podcast think the same, then why the hell do I need the four of you? I'll just talk for an hour and a half and then call it quits. And I don't have to worry about anything else but me. And that that's actually not how it works. I mean, Jonathan, you and I started a battle at MCAA and took it to the stage. I mean, because we fundamentally disagreed with certain things and I had an understanding and you had an understanding and you had a point and I had a point and ultimately we came to what I think surprised both of us was like a middle ground that oh shit he's right and I'm right and and that's what you need you need to be able to look at you know it can't all be sunshine and roses like Darren said like you gotta you gotta call it out when it's not gonna do what it needs to do when you see the gaps in it that are gonna hurt Somebody's got to step up because, you know, for me, Travis, you asked the question, how did that, how did I get there? I got there because I wasted money not yeah. doing that. Right. I didn't ask the questions. I didn't go there. And then I ended up implementing a giant turd that never went anywhere. Yeah. And that's it. That's the only way I learned is that I had to speak up because everybody's got hindsight, right? That's 2020. It's, it's real easy sure. to point fingers afterwards, but if you're sitting at that table and, and you don't bring it up, you know, the consequences if you don't. So I had, I had failed. And so now whenever I hear it, I'm like, I've, I've got to bring it up. And it's, sometimes it's really, you know, especially in development, Travis, I think you can get this because it's usually something somebody's designed, right? It's their baby. And you're telling them their baby is ugly. And you need to be able to do that in such a way that it's like, listen, it's not you, but this isn't the right solution. This is, this, 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 you're just not hitting the nail on the head. You, you can get that sometimes by, it took me a long time to learn this, but instead of telling them the baby's ugly, ask them questions about their product. So how would you do this? Now, I already know the answer, I want, but I don't want to tell them, hey, your product is bad because it doesn't do this or do that. But just how would I do this? I, I've got the need. You know, so just framing some of that stuff up differently, I think, can can help. But I guess one of the things I guess I really like about my role is I see people in different positions, you know, field guys, shop guys, detailers, engineers uh, or, you know, one shop versus another shop. And, you know, we build it this way here. They build it. And I hear different perspectives. And I, you know, and it's interesting to see that from people, these different perspectives. And, you know, what, what I learned is I'll talk to a guy and he'll tell me, Oh yeah, that, that he's, he's onto it. I'm going to go tell this to the other guy. And, and he's, you know, I'm going to explain it. And then that guy's going to explain to me why that's bullshit. And then it's like, and then he'll explain why his way is right. And it's like, Oh yeah, 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 he's right. I'm going to, I'll go tell the other. And I keep going back and forth. And it's like, you know, in the end, they're kind of both right. And I I just, I, I found over the years, sometimes I can help be that translator because that, the end of the day, I'm not that smart. I'm not an engineer, not a tradesman. I don't build anything, uh, but I do understand enough of each of those that I can help sometimes bridge that gap, um, you know, between those people, be that translator, so to speak. Uh, and I think that's one reason I ask a lot of those questions is just, you know, okay, well, it works for him. What about this other guy over here? You know, have we thought about this? Um, like I said, it, it just because something can't do work a certain way or solve a particular task doesn't mean it's bad. It's only bad if you don't know it's there and you're counting on it. So I'm okay with software that doesn't necessarily work exactly what you want. I just want to know what those limitations are so I don't 
count on them. And my implementation now, that's a key part of getting it done is that thing that doesn't work. If I know it doesn't work, I can work around it and pivot. Well, it's that 80-20, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But I, I got to say it because we need to get cash on our hashtags is that's the human API, Darren. That's what I, yeah. I wrote an article a while back and just called this the human API. We are the ones in IT that, are t that translate what's being said and what's be what's being said by tradespeople, what's being said by um, management, accounting, and what's being said by software, and we translate it into one each other's languages, so we can figure out what's going to work and what's not going to work. You know, that's that's that ability to understand the problem and the and and then articulate the solution. But then, what you're calling out is something people really fail to get when they're looking at technology and implementing it. Is it's never going to be a hundred percent. There just isn't a solution out there that does that. There's nothing that's everything for everybody. Even but, even at the API level, I, I, there's like a protocol aspect of it. Is it you know is it uh, using serial or is it using Ethernet? Yeah, those are all techie terms, but you know I, I can think of an example. Uh, you know, a company I worked at, they wanted to implement design presentation standards, and so you get a bunch of engineers in a room and you look at a symbol. And is it the right shape? Is it the right pen weight? Is it got the right size and orientation, the right look? And they literally would go through these things one at a time, you know, week after week after week, and they got to their they got to their deliverable. And now we got to implement sheet metals you know, naming standards across how we build fittings across the entire organization. And so, you know, Darren, you should use this process. And that worked really good. Let's do that. By meeting two, they were ready to mutiny, you know? And when you think about it, what is, what is a, what does a construction guy do? What do you need? What do you need, Travis? Tell me. All right, now get out of my way. Let me do it. Get the hell out of my way and let me do it. And, and by meeting two, I said, okay, I've heard enough. And cause it was weird. They would, you know, they'd give you feedback, but then they would say things contrary to their own feedback because they'd hear feedback from others. And just knowing that user base well enough, um, you know, I said, I'll, I'll schedule another meeting two weeks from now. I'll have three samples, examples of a naming scheme uh, for you to pick from. And, you know, I knew exactly what they would pick when I was done with that. But it was just understanding, you know, they, their process is different than an engineer. An engineer refines and hones and revisits and revisits and, and keeps dialing things in. They keep peeling that onion. A construction guy will, most of them will go nuts if you put them in that environment, you know. Likewise, there's a similar dynamic too with just, you know, they don't submit help desk tickets. You know, if you stopped, every time you ran into a problem as a construction worker, you would, somebody would get your check and you'd be down the road. Right. That's your problem. To, that's your job to solve problems. You only let people know when you can't work. Exactly. So I guess one of the examples is, you know, we, uh, you know, we got some shop upgrades. We got this nice big expensive automated machine in and I, I only trust I only trust Gary's drawings well Gary's retired what are we gonna do now <laughs> you know and it, and I, I saw this this holds true in manufacturing every industry I've been in they won't let you know what the problems are because they're busy they have to keep working and so I went out there and I at, proactively had to get out there I had to get out of my chair it wasn't an email it wasn't a phone call it wasn't a text message go where the work is being done let's see let's show him and in a very short time they've they trust our detailing department you know they know that hey the things that made me question the data those things are actually the most likely to be wrong the bill of materials might not be updated might have rounded the wrong way the dimension grabbed the right point off the piece of the the wrong point off the piece of the pipe but it's too small for me to notice the model is what's right 
And so now I've, I've got them committed to a digital workflow um, because they know that all of those analog tactical things, but I couldn't have found that out just by sitting you know, behind my desk. I had to go and you know, show me what you're, let me, let me understand what you see. Let me dig in, figure it out and let me update you what I've found. Um, like I said, it, it's, it's really not that hard when you get out of it, but you can't do it with text messages. And uh, I, I think that's one of the key things. I worked at a company once that uh, their president had a theology degree and he had this concept. He's like, you know, you drive by on the highway and you see somebody, a stranger broke down. Do you pull over and help them out? Now you're driving down the road and you see your best friend broke down. Do you help them out? Sooner or later, problems are going to rise at work. There's going to be problems. You can't fix them. You're going to need help. You might have even caused the problems and you're just going to destroy somebody's day asking for help to dig you out of the hole you just created. You want them to be your friend or not? You got to get that personal connection. Get to know people. Yeah. I don't know if you um, have experienced this, Darren, but... When I first started going out in the field with some of the solutions that we had rolled out and started watching how people were actually using them, I it, like more than 75% of the time they were using in some weird sort of artful use way that's that was super intelligent. Like this is a really bright way to get around all the limitations of this software. Like it, it, I would come back into the office and basically replicate whatever this field guy was doing because he actually used it better then I was trying to explain how they should use it because I wasn't installing things every day. So it was, it was, it was sort of more foreign to me to, to sit there and say, okay, well, what measurements did I need? I think the worst thing was the one guy was telling me, like we were talking and he's like, you know, I only have a, a 15 foot tape. And I said, what do you mean? He says, it's 25, but I only ever measure 15 feet. So just know that. And I said, why did you ask me that? He says, so if you ever put a freaking dimension on a drawing, that's more than 15 feet. I can't measure it. <laughs> he's like, and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, well, like, tough. so I have to, and yeah. he's like, yeah, absolutely. I have a 15 foot tape. He says, it's really 25, but you don't take it out that far. And it, these are like little things that I didn't think about. And then all of a sudden you meet them and it's like, okay. So every time you give me a drawing where there's 25 foot feet measurements, I put a chalk line down. And I didn't know that they're spending time putting a chalk line down in order to get the dimensions on a drawing to get even work. I mean, getting out there is always, it's, it's always hilariously humbling to watch how, how bright they are at getting around all the problems you've made yeah, for them. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll, I'll pick it back quick before you jump in Trent that, you know, they're not going to ask you for that. No, they are not going to ask you at all. I, I thought mm -hmm. I was, I was chuckling about the it ticket because it's totally true. Um, you know, a lot of times we try to do these tech implementations. We wonder why they don't go well because nobody at, nobody complained about them. Um, Trent, Trent and I have the, the same background with, with the military. It's like, they're not, if there's, if they're complaining, something's right. If they're not complaining, something's wrong. Right. right. So you, you need to get out there. No news is good news. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you browbeat them enough to submit a ticket, the response comes back. Well, can you reproduce it? If you can't reproduce it, we can't help you. It's like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> We just, we just went backwards. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and I have the, I agree with you guys on this one. Like you don't hear about the problems that you've created. So way back when, when I was on the first ever, my show on the contact crew, it was a contact trio. I was a guest and they said, how do you, you know, how do you get out there and figure things out? And I said, well, I used to, I do this walk around. Like you have to get, like Darren said, you got to get out behind your desk. And I was walking around. And I realized that like, 
I wasn't getting any feedback from the field. I was getting good feedback from my shop that was doing a lot of fabrication and, you know, it was a lot of marble and granite and, you know, CNC machines and spent a lot of time understanding, you know, what their skills were and what mine were and how we made these big things make these incredible cuts. But, but I knew I wasn't connecting with the field. And also I'm going to be honest, there was a, a barrier. Most of our uh, Masons are of Spanish descent and speak Spanish. So it's like, what can I do? And I'm like, I played softball. Anybody can play softball, right? I can suck at it and I can still play. So I joined the company's softball team. And after this, you know, first game, everybody's kind of looking and, you know, all right. And I hit the ball and ran and, you know, played and they were, you know, okay, he's cool. And I came back to game two and I'm sitting around talking to them. And they're like, hey, um, my iPhone's broken. I'm like, oh, well, what's up? Let me see it. And he, you know, hands it over. And it's, it was this guy, Hector, who, um, you know, again, in the end, had a great relationship with. And I was like, what's wrong with it? And I'm like, oh, man, this is what's broken. No, no big deal. Let me fix it real quick. You know, fix it, hand it back to him. He's like, oh, man, that was killing me. Let me, you know, he's like, hey, 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 uh, Nacho, come over here. He can fix that problem. And I'm like, well, show me what you were actually doing to get around it. And he showed me like all the clicks he was doing to get around it. I'm like, this is, oh my gosh, let me fix this. Well, and then all of a sudden softball became the help desk, right? Every Thursday night, they'd keep their problems until we got there. We'd play the game. I'd show up early. They'd hand me phones. I'd help them out. If I couldn't help them out, then we'd play the game and I'd take their phones back to the office. And then I'd meet them wherever they were to drop them off on Friday afternoon. And this was like, this was the way that I got in and it, it didn't matter if I had sent out a billion emails and beat them over the head. To, these guys were never going to open a ticket, but they, they were having struggles. So I found other ways to connect with them. Right. The other part was they could laugh at me. Nacho was like one of the fastest, best softball players we had. And he was like, well, at least you're quick, man. Cause you suck. And <laughs> But it was it was like oh cool we're human like we're friends we've got something else to talk about sure yeah um, go ahead Trent. no I think my point to it was uh, obviously when I took the position with North as the uh, head of technology I I came from the field and a lot of the people that work in the field knew me and that probably gave me an advantage but from day one it was instilled in the VDC, BIM, everything. It's a field first mentality. I mean, it, it's, um, so my job is to figure out how do I delegate what's going on to the point where if the field calls with an issue, that's the precedent. I mean, you have to have that, um, that open ability. I mean, you can't, you can't just leave them guessing like Darren said over and over. I mean, um, you don't want those guys trying to figure out it or, or technology issues. I mean, you, you need somebody ready to solve their problems because construction keeps moving. Well, um, and Darren, I don't know how you dealt with this in manufacturing and I'm, I'm sure you probably have a more eloquent story around it. But for me, I worked with this guy, Dave Reynolds, who uh, was the chief financial officer at a basin and we had an incident where I was helping ticket sales for something and there was a problem with scanning and, um, and he kept trying to get on me to go deal with scanning. And, and I was like, well, but I'm in tickets and end of the day, you know, he let that day go. And at the end of the day, he pulled me in his office. He said, listen, we got, we got to have a talk. There's a hierarchy here. 
Like we realize revenue when we scan a ticket, right? That's where we make our money. So the most critical part of the organization is where I realize my revenue. And I said, oh, because I thought it was where you sold your ticket, right? Where you yeah. captured your cash, but it wasn't from a financial perspective. It was realizing that revenue so that it didn't get left hanging out. And so all of a sudden I understood his priorities and he was like, yeah, I kind of figured you didn't understand that back end of it. And, you know, in construction, that was a, something I brought in for me, understanding that it, we can do anything we want in pre-construction. We can do anything we want in BIM. We can do anything we want in VDC. We can do anything we want in our factories and in our manufacturing and offsite construction, whatever you want to call it. We don't get paid until we install it. Labor hours are all that matter. Well, labor hours, but the, installation, right? It's that final product. It doesn't matter if I'm I telling only you, labor hours is all a manager is going to care about. Right. And so end of the day. And if you're blocking that, if the, you've got to know your priorities. And I think the manufacturing background, Darren, has to have brought out some of that in you. You have to kind of understand that. And you probably have a pretty cool example for us. Yeah. So uh, I'll try to leave some names out of it for. <laughs> mine was uh, good so. i yeah, i i got in trouble i got in trouble one time so here's a shop manager when i uh when i first met him this is my introduction you f and it guys are all the same more shits broke when you leave than when you show up leave my shit alone you know and within two weeks i could do anything because he tried hey oh he actually knows what a plasma table does he's going to make sure that works before he leaves anyway so i've got a pretty good relationship with him and because that manufacturing center was separate from where the, the office people worked, it was in a crappy little industrial area, never got any attention. Um, and they had a server go down that we had some key technology that ran everything. And, uh, and so I got everything staged ready to go. And, you know, I, you know, the IT infrastructure guys are busy you know, rebuilding a new, you know, virtual server to deploy. And, you know, hey, let me know when it's ready. And I get a call at, in the afternoon. What in the hell is going on? I got 40 guys standing around, pushing brooms, tidying up, looking for stuff to do. What is the deal? And hey, dude, let, Scott, let me give it back to hold of you. I said I'd leave names out of it. Eh, Scott knows who he is. Um, let me get back to you. Got a hold of IT. <laughs> oh, sorry. I guess we forgot to email you. And so I'm usually not good. I, I'm usually not a fan of calling people out on the carpet in front of others. You know, there's, there's appropriate times for that. So I emailed the entire IT group and I copied the shop manager. I said, just so you know, this email that you forgot to send was a $40,000 labor mistake. These are all union guys in a big city walking around. And, you know, so the, the new IT director at the time was, oh, you know, they thought you were, you know, calling them out and making them look bad in front of the customer. And it's like, you know, I said, I, I hear what you're saying, but I didn't tell him anything he didn't already know. And I wanted him to know that we understood is why I did it that way that time. And again, our, the IT director at the time, he had no clue that that facility facilitated the entire revenue for that whole division. That, you know, it's that big a deal. Yeah, I know they're, they're a little in the Southern states a little bit. They talk funny, you know, but they generate the revenue for everything that division does. And so you got to keep them busy. And it's, oh, by the way, did you know that, you know, these guys are union guys. If they show up, you could send them home in five minutes. You're paying them 
more than that five minutes. There, there's a minimum amount of time. And if they're there for next number of hours, you pay them for the whole day, whether they're used or not. That email is a $40,000 email. You know, so the rubber meets the road. Nobody realized that before. You know, really, well, I mean, management realized that, you know, but nobody on the technology side does. And you have to understand the business. I had somebody in IT once is like, well, I don't know what all those files are those CAD guys have out there. It's like, how can you not? They pay your paycheck. You should understand that. You know, if I'm not an IT guy and I got to run Wireshark with a four-hour phone call with an expert from Autodesk that's based out of Belgium, how come you can't figure out how to open a DWG? <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it's got to go both ways. You know, the more you understand about people and the business, the better you can navigate the tech. It's not a tech solution. It's not a tech problem. Sure. No. Yeah. The human side. You're 100% correct. If you text somebody who's literally two cubicles in an open office, you know, from you instead or email them instead of walking over and talking to them or leaning back and, you know, Hey, Joe, you've got a problem. You're on the wrong track. You know, if, if you, this is, I guess, kind of, if I probably don't do this as well as I should, but I try to, are they in the same building? I'm going to go walk and see them. If they're not, I'm going to call, leave a voicemail, email, text. You know, there's, there's kind of a priority in there. But if I can walk to them, even if I could pick up the phone or email them or just give them a status update, I will walk and talk to them. Again, that's how you find out that the, hey, you know what, I'm a, you know, I'm a Seahawks fan or I like drag racing and you start having a conversation and now you build that personal connection. And now when you screw up royally, they're going to have a hard time getting pissed off at you because you're their friend. They know you. That's the office lane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the tough part of of the current environment with the pandemic, right? Is is some of that stuff's taken away from us, but we gotta we gotta work our way around that. I come in the office every day all through the pandemic. It's the one place you could find toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> no competition for toilet paper at the office. And there's Darren there right there. Darren. <laughs> Can, can I ask you guys, and this is really for everybody, a weird question, because so this is supposed to be the after hours thing anyway. So what's been on my mind since you guys put up the human side of IT is something that my wife said. And, and Jeff, you said you had a minor in psychology. My wife is definitely my psychologist, and she's definitely she's definitely good at her job. OK, so I was I was complaining about the uh, about somebody. I was just complaining about somebody who didn't do tech well. And she looked at me and she said, listen, she said, uh, why don't you start spelling words for me? And I, I said, you're, you're a pain in the ass because I'm dyslexic, so I don't spell well at all. And she said, listen, we're moving into a digital age and there are people who are not going to be able to do it. They're not going to be and, and special accommodation is made for you, man. The world's made for people that can't read and write right now. I can do voice and all this stuff. She said, don't you think that there is coming a day when we're going to have to make special accommodation for people that really just are not going to get it. Cause I'm telling you right now, I could take a million spelling classes and I will not spell better. It's not going to, it's not going to happen. I think you mean but more, there, more there better. is spell more, uh, more better, more better, more, more better than good. I already spell, <laughs> which, which is, is really bad because I had like contactors and contractors messed up on a set of drawings and it was horrible. Um, Cause we were hooking up contractors to a panel, which was not, not okay. <laughs> but Sometimes. do you think that, because you guys have met a lot of people, right? 
do you think that that you have met people who you look at and it's like you're never going to get this you're never going to get this how how am i going to deal with you because i ever since she said that i've thought through this short list of people and i've said i've been treating them like they're idiots but i don't think they're idiots I think there's something else psychologically that's stopping them from being able to do this. And, and since then, I've been looking for accommodations. Have you run into those people or am I just like, am I meeting like a so, sort of weird subgroup? I think this is you, a great thing for our You want to do that, Jeff? Or I, I could do it as well. Or Go ahead, Darren. It. Go ahead. Seriously. Wants it? I have some experience with this as well, but I, I, I'm interested in yours. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's funny. Jeff mentioned something about granite and stone. I worked in the granite industry for a while and, you got these big lumberjack guys out there making these intricate little flower carvings on stone out in the shop. And, you know, you know, when you talk to the office people who are doing artistic work, they weren't necessarily technical. And when I was really young, I would get frustrated with them. And you know, somebody pointed out to me, it's like, can you do what they do? No. You know, how much money are we going to make if they can't do that work and nobody does it, you know? And so it's just, it's just, you know, the forest is made up of a lot of different shades of green um, and they're all, make the forest and I, you know, same thing. The fence posts don't have to all be the same height, but they all help hold the fence up. And I think just learning some of those things early on is just, you know, Hey, they have different skills than I do. I can't do what they do. They might not be able to do what I do on the technology side. Uh, I think some of it, you know, it might be a performance anxiety type thing. I know like my, I have a son who, you know, they're homeschooled. So they do a lot of stuff on the computer, but math, you would think math isn't his thing. You give him the same, well, you, know, you give him the problem on paper and he can't do it. You put it on a computer, the same exact problem and no problem. It's like the computer, he thinks it can help. And I, I think you kind of got the corollary of that a lot of times that it's, it's, you know, that paper, I can touch it, I can feel it, I can taste it, I can smell it. Um, it's in the computer, that's magic. That's, that's voodoo and witchcraft. And so they just don't understand. So you gotta look for those small little wins. I, I look a, a good friend of mine in, in Las Vegas, you know, he was a, a, you know, he started out as a cook in the commercial kitchens and the casinos. He ended up in the trades and you know, he threw away the company's, you know, week long Revit training program. And he's like, yeah, I don't have a week. I find out Friday, the guys starting Monday. And I said, so he says he treated training the same way as an apprenticeship, you know, he, and when he teaches down at the, the at the hall, they're going to show, I'm going to show these guys how to drop in duct diffusers. They don't know anything else. They can't print. They can't open the file. They can't do anything. And they're going to drop in duct diffusers all day until they hate it. But they're going to have one skill that I can, I can use and put them to work and add value in the company. And when they get that skill mastered, I'm going to move them to the next skill. He said it was the same thing when I worked in the kitchens and the casinos. You peeled potatoes until you hated it. And when you finally mastered that, uh, you learned to wash dishes. You don't start out you know, being, you know, um, Gordon Ramsay right off the get-go. Um, you've got to build these skills. And I think so some of those people, it's finding what is the minimum viable thing that I can teach them that gives them value, builds their confidence. I, I, had, be to chuckle. I had to chuckle for, for, for Trent and I again, because military background, they teach everything at an eighth grade level, right? What, By the numbers. By the numbers, what is the most basic thing? And you only progress forward at your own ability. 
so so yeah. so it makes me chuckle to, to think about that because it, it is entirely true like you you have to find that that most common denominator and then move forward so sorry jeff i, I know you had a thought there no i i actually like that because and and i agree with darren and and jonathan you're right actually that there are people i have come across who at, at one point i felt I, they're never going to get technology. It's just not going to happen. Like, like that, you know, dyslexia is an ability. It's, it's the way the mind sees the world differently. It's it, it, and, but in many cases it provides, um, like a lot of dyslexics turn out to have a love of reading because it was harder for them. Right. So there's a, an upside to it. If you can find a way to find that minimal viable thing that they can do. And, what I found is people don't get outside of their comfort zone. So they always think inside of the box of business. So what I would challenge you with here is when you're working with them, stop thinking about the products or the things you're trying to get them to do at work. Let's think about something that we care about. Like my favorite thing is uh, everybody would tell me when I was selling software to the trades, like, Oh, Foreman can't, they can't use a mobile phone. I go ask them about their kids or their grandkids. Sure. Boom, I get a picture. Yep. Ask them to send it to you. They actually stumble usually. So, okay, let's walk through that because that's an important thing where they can share that like with somebody else. And then you, you watch how they build and learn. You, you realize that their brain is wired differently than yours is. So you have to, and this is a tough skill for people in the, in the industry, but you have to get outside of the way your brain works and follow how their brain works and then architect what you're providing to them to fit that narrative, to fit the way that they do that. And it changes the way they adopt the technology because I've got everybody and, and, you know, classes like Darren talked about are built for the 80%, right? They're built for everybody that's going to start at grade level eight, learn and go to ninth and learn and go to 10th and 11th. And these people's brains don't work that way. So we're going to have to go from 8th to 11th back to 10th because these are the things that they're going to grasp inside of the process. And sometimes we've got to go outside the bounds. And people are never comfortable going out, especially IT people. They never think about the personal side of things. They never think about picking up a phone or a tablet and making it about, hey, like I taught somebody how to use Facebook. Right. And the person looked at me and was like, you spent a half an hour teaching somebody for Facebook and that cost me 50 bucks. And I said, watch. Now we want them to use this MLS software. Right. Yeah. Gain it sure. back on the, yeah. Right. All There's the a return sudden, on the back end. Sure. Yeah. They were like, this is in real estate. MLS is a real estate. And all of a sudden they were much more comfortable. They're like, wait, I get the clicks. I get the thing, right? The social media things that are built for us are built to, also activate things inside of our brains social that, dilemma. the social dilemma if you haven't seen it, it's fantastic so the most the most profitable jobs that i have seen uh at my company i have blown the bim budget out of the water right so um you're getting that money back somewhere right i mean <laughs> you're trying to trade you're trying to trade hours from the field to hours in the office and it's not a one-for-one one transfer. We're trying to eliminate two-for-one, three-for-one, what, yeah, whatever. Rework versus physical rework. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Uh, well, that, bits, then one guy versus 10 or or whatever that might be. Yeah. Uh, no, I, 
I've Go noticed ahead, too. Sometimes it's just a matter of. I'm gonna go way back. I cheated through eighth grade math. Uh, most of the class did. Uh, the instructor was just bad. There's one guy, and I was in band. I played percussion, so he didn't always play. And that was before math. My job, drummer, the class, drummer. Yeah, my my job was to uh, to copy that dude's math, you know, homework every day for everyone in the class. That's what I did. You know, that was the agreement we all had. Because my older brother went through him, my my. My, my parents knew that, you know, he was just a bad teacher. He couldn't explain it in the way people got. And so she said, knew the next year's teacher. I spent one hour with her one day and I got through the rest of the class on my own because she explained it differently. And I, a lot of times I think these people that you think don't get it, you just need to explain it in a way they understand. So uh, one of the products we implemented, uh, we're, you know, we're still implementing is Stratus and say, oh my gosh, that's an awful lot for software. Uh, it's not software, it's a system, you know, it's not a tool, it's a production line, you know, technically speaking. But I said, by the way, it's half the cost is that tool that we just renewed that does nothing but shares PDFs. So, you know, let's put it in context. But I said, you know, we didn't get these big mechanical jobs by sending somebody a box of fittings and valves and a couple sticks of pipe. Yeah, here you go, Amazon, here you go, Microsoft. Here's a, here's a, here's a box of valves, fittings and a pipe. Imagine your facility. You know, we didn't do that. We sold them on an environment. You know, we sold them on systems. And so well, I, I'm, tr I've, I'm, I'm constantly trying to get better at explaining things in a language that others understand. And like I said, thinking back to that math, if it's explained the right way, that thing that I just couldn't get over, that my brother couldn't get over, that most of that class couldn't get over, you know, one person in one hour lifted that veil over, you know, from my eyes. And it was, it was clear from there. So it's, phenomenal analogy yeah it really is that, that is fantastic that's fantastic <laughs> we're we're already 15 minutes over what we would typically call an episode so i i have i have two you can see here i have, I have two thoughts um the first one is is uh, definitely always connect with the people in the field and whenever you feel like they aren't tech savvy they aren't tech ready like all you have to do is find that one point where you can connect with them. That, that, that's where I found my, my, uh, my largest successes is, is we talk about a lot on, we talk about in the circuit, we bought that, that grumpy old foreman that doesn't want to do technologies. Like if you, if you can either a, like Jeff was talking about, like the MLS thing, the Facebook thing, the, the grant, the grandkids thing, find that spot where they can connect or, or B, uh, Darren, you pointed out this a lot is, um, where do I get my additional value, right? So if you can show with them either one of those two things, you're going to get good technology adoption. Um, my second thought, which is completely off topic and has nothing to do with anything, Jeff, I think you've spent too much time on the ski slopes. Your front face light definitely shows a uh, goggles mark. So um, I'm not a skier, so I'm oh. not quite as jealous, but uh, the, the definitely the outside time does, uh, does make me feel a little sad. So well, I don't know how that really relates to a further conversation to wrap things up, but uh, that's where I'm at. Well, you, you handed me two things that I can wrap it up with from my perspective, at least. Um, the first is never forget that the people that you're connecting with are the most important thing. And they are what, you know, IT rarely ever, unless you're a, outsource managed service provider is the cash flow mm -hmm. generator. 
So it's your job to get your own paycheck by helping them be successful and by connecting with them. And that's what makes you all stronger. And the other is life's about balance. You got to get outside. I wish it was a goggle tan because we're not quite there. This is from this is from sunglasses from riding the bike because during election I needed reflection. So I went out and I rode my bike a ton so that I oh, didn't talk. know it. <laughs> yep, poet didn't know it. Talk about it, you know, etc. So for me, um, this is really cool being on the other side of the microphone tonight, guys. So I appreciate it. And Darren, I was psyched that that I actually was selected to join you because, you know, that that time we met in Dallas, the two and a half hours was a fantastic conversation, and they always are when we have you. So um, final thoughts for you on those two? No, uh, no, I appreciate the conversation. It's Nice to know that I'm not completely dysfunctional. Um, <laughs> it's nice to know you're not alone, right? I mean, that's the big thing for yeah. a lot of us. No, and, and like I said, I, I I think it's really you know having been a production guy and and knowing what that's like and struggling and you know what is what is that slot in the computer for? Do you, are you supposed to put will the computer run if you don't put something in there? And it was it was a three and a half inch floppy. I didn't know. Uh, you know, I've been that guy, so uh, I always look at their perspective. Well, Travis, you get to call it, man. Well, I want to make sure that, uh, that Jonathan and Trent, if you can, any further thoughts before you wrap things up. Otherwise, um, yeah, I will go ahead and call it. I'm good, man. I, I think Darren and I have the same mentality, the field first mentality. We've always been, uh, and, and we've talked a lot. I mean, Darren and I know each other very well. I'm glad, uh, glad you joined us. Uh, He's a smart guy, very smart dude. I'll I'll, I'll bring a, a more manly beverage next time. <laughs> well, I, I really hope, Jonathan, if you got you got thoughts that uh, that that you do bring them. I, my up. only sure. thought is to it, say, send get, it out to the rest of us to mix with, with ours. <laughs> my only thought is, man, Darren. Again, I would say of all the people that have taught me tech, um, from a practical standpoint you probably saved William T. Spader company more money than any of those people. I <laughs> uh, appreciate it. And I'll go ahead and wrap it up because uh, I, I do have um, very close personal experience and, and professional experience with, with both of our quote unquote guests tonight. Like, uh, you know, um, you know, full disclosure, we, we did engage Jeff Sample early on with, with JB Knowledge and, and I've had several discussions with Darren um, both of those have definitely kind of formed my path as a construction technologist. So I, I thank you both uh, very deeply, um, both again, professionally and personally. So this is, this was a great episode for both of us. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks guys. Agreed. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot.